I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 78 Eight of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but with my name Evan in it. You get it. You get it. You love a good pun. You know you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, uh, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any um, questions, comments, feedback, anything you love or hate about the show, feel free to drop me a line and let me know. Hopefully you enjoyed part one of the startup strategy session with Rich Dotson at Dynasty Rich, founder of Dynasty Nerds, um, one of the OGs of the Dynasty game. So if you didn't listen to it already, go back and check that out. Definitely well worth a listen. We answer a couple of questions, start to get into some of this strategy, hints and tips. But this this episode, folks, is just pure, unadulterated startup strategy 101. So buckle in, get your notebooks out, and let's dive into it. The main event. Fight! We're talking Dynasty startup drafts. So if you're new to Dynasty or if you've played and you just want to do another league, you're going to have to do at some stage the startup draft. So everybody's on the board. Maybe you do a separate rookie draft. Maybe you have them included in the startup draft and everybody sits down and you just go through like a redraft, but way bigger benches usually and way longer of a draft. So, you know, a lot of redraft you know, maybe only 10, 12, 15 rounds, possibly, depending on your league size and things like that. A lot of dynasty drafts might be 25, 30 rounds. So, or more, um, I've been some crazy leagues where it's like 16 team and you've got 53 man benches. It's just ridiculous. Like kind of like what Rich was talking about earlier, where, you know, we're just degenerates. We start adding more and more things on. We want seven flex spots and only tight ends and all this craziness. So, and you just get to do that. And that's what's great about Dynasty. But I had a couple questions here we're going to talk to. So, so again, if you're newer or if you just want to get better at it, you know, how you tackle a startup, there's no necessarily right way, um, but there can be pitfalls or can be things that you do that really hurt your team and set you up in a bad way so just going to talk through some startup strategies here and the first thing i was thinking about i know you've kind of alluded to a couple of these things but do you in your own sort of i think you've alluded to Superflex, but do you have a preferred format now like your go-to like what really gets your juices flowing for a for a startup Superflex tight end premium it's my favorite league to play and that's because it, it just levels the playing field. Like everybody's so valuable. I mean, obviously quarterbacks are the most valuable, but like makes tight ends more valuable. Uh, bumps down the receivers just a little bit. It's a, it's more of a level playing field for all the players. So I like super flex tight end premium. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, I genuinely struggle to even think about getting into a league now that's not super flex. Um, but yeah, it's and it's funny that you said that earlier because I remember you said, and this is exactly the way I felt about it. It was like I had to be like convinced to try super flex. I remember being very like adamantly anti super flex at first and being like, that's stupid. And it's so funny because I think most people are like this. Most people are anti super flex. I think their their argument is usually like, well, that's dumb. Like, 
like teams don't play with two quarterbacks, you know, and it's like we're playing fantasy football. Like, you know, <laughs> you have to just remind yourself, like, you know, teams don't, you know, there's so many things that teams don't do that we do. Yeah. Um, it's fantasy football. So it's, they it's don't fun. start and running backs. Most of the time they don't, they have an offensive line. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We should all like, start. that would, that is there's don't let's not throw that out there. Cause there are people that take it seriously and they'll start drafting offensive line. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll have to start doing articles on uh, offensive linemen, but yeah, no, it's definitely, I love Superflex tight end premium. And again, we sort of touched on this with the questions that were asked, but do you have a, um, a go-to strategy in that? I know there's a lot of these fancy terms that are thrown out, thrown around now, like zero RB or hero RB or QBX and all these sort of terms that get thrown around for us, a build that you could come up with in this, in a startup. Do you have a sort of go-to strategy? Have you tried all those different strategies or do you just take each draft individually as it comes? Uh, I have a good basis of how I like to build a team during a startup. So like during a super flex tight end premium draft, um, it's, I mean, a one QB and a super flex tight end pre- premium draft are really similar. It's just, except for the quarterbacks get a massive bump, right? So in a super flex league in the first round, I have to come away with a quarterback, like the quarterback, the quarterback class right now, um, or the quarterback group as a whole isn't as strong as you want it to be. I mean, right now, like if you're the last person to get a quarterback right around quarterback, like 12, 13, um, you're looking at guys like Derek Carr, uh, but most likely, but, but even then, even though he was quarterback 13 and Kirk cousins was a, a, a quarterback one, you're probably actually reaching for the youth. You're actually grabbing guys with upside guys like Justin Fields, guys like Trevor Lawrence, uh, guys like Zach Wilson along those lines, Trey Lance that offer the upside over even approving guys. So I want to come away with a proven quarterback that's under 28 years old in the first round because there's not a lot of them. That's a, that's the basis of the whole thing. There's not a lot of them. It's supply and demand. So I for sure want to come away with the quarterback in the first round, no matter where it is. And I hope somebody reaches for Jonathan Taylor and I'm okay with missing out on Justin Jefferson, I'm okay with missing out on uh, Jamar Chase because the quarterback's going to play longer than those guys anyways, right? Like, I'm going to have that guy in my roster forever. I, I've said this on a Dinosaurs podcast for, for years. I had Drew Brees on my roster for 17 years. He was my starting quarterback for 17 years in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, that's just, that's a lifetime, right? When we said, look at your team, how it looks three years from now, you want to have a position that, is the creme de la creme of that league. So if it's super flex, that's for quarterbacks. So you want to make sure you get one because there's only 32 of them in the league. And if you have 12 people in your league, once you start two, that means there's going to be four people in your league that don't have a third starting quarterback, right? So supply and demand, like I want to get those quarterbacks. So my first pick, I'm going to get that quarterback. In the second round, um, I'm still looking at quarterback, but what I really hope to come away with is Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts, right? It's tight end premium. I've said earlier, supply and demand. There's no fewer supply of top tier tight ends than any other position. You're literally looking at Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts right now, Mark Andrews, and you hope like Darren Waller can come back into there and George Kittle will come back in there. But that's it, man. There's a couple of those guys. So if you have one of those guys, you're a have instead of a have not. Cause we all know the tight end from tight end six to tight end 15 is a point per game differential compared to 
tight end one and tight end two, who is about a 12-game point differential. And a guy like Mark Andrews, who was giving you top six fantasy football wide receiver numbers last year, or Travis Kelsey that does that, that's a huge edge over your league bait. So I'm looking at tight end in the second round, one of those guys. Did a tight end go yet? Is there a quarterback there that I can't resist? Because if the quarterback there that slipped, I can't resist, and I'm taking a quarterback there too. And I'm going quarterback, quarterback, and now I'm not reaching for a quarterback later. I don't have to worry about it because, again, in these rookie drafts, because that's what you got to think about in a startup too, okay, what's going to be the easiest thing to help me down the road? Well, in Superflex rookie drafts, guess who are going to be the first picks every single year? It's going to be the quarterbacks, right? And then it's going to be the running backs. And usually you can get some pretty good value at receiver. That's how it's usually going to go. If it's tight end premium, a guy like Kyle Pitts is going to go really hard, uh, high. So I'm really looking at those first couple rounds at quarterbacks. Uh, I like to get a tight end, and then I want to get a really good quality young receiver. That's my strategy. The one position I always wait on, whether it be super flex pre- tight end premium or even one QB, is a running back. I always wait. I find the value at running back in my startup drafts. I don't find the best player. I find the value. Sometimes it's a really good player that might slip and there might be value there. Like, you know, there's been years where like Joe Mixon would slip down. Josh Jacobs would slip down a little bit and be a little bit of value there. But like I mentioned earlier, I think about what can I do in my rookie drafts to improve my roster. There's only really one position that you could say every year that you could plug and play or you could trade for in season because the position gets hurt so much that the backup holds relevance come playoff fantasy football playoff time. And that's a running back position. You can literally draft a rookie and plug and play them. And odds are that rookie in his first four years of his contract is going to be the best fantasy football running back of his career within those first four years, because the odds of a running back being a running back one more than once is under like 20%. So it's so hard for these guys to be running back ones year in and year out. So I'm trying to stay away from that. So you can call it zero running back. You can call it fade this fight that I'm just trying to be smart. In my dynasty roster, right? Like it's dynasty fantasy football. It's a long-term investment. So I'm trying to find some cornerstones in those first four rounds. I'm trying to find guys I can build on that I can plug and play and I don't have to worry about it. And what that also gives me is it puts me in a position during my rookie drafts. I don't have to freak out. I'm like, oh my God, I need a quarterback. What am I going to do? I got to trade up or I don't have a guy or I don't have that tight end. So I got to reach for this tight end, um, which I don't encourage at any point or reaching for anybody. But it, it's, it's so nice. Like even in one QB, right? When I had Drew Brees on my roster for 17 years, those rookie drafts, in, in earlier the second, I'm never reaching for the quarterback ever because I got one. You know what I mean? And like when you don't have one in a one QB league, and now Trevor Lawrence is there, like six, you're like, dude, I got to take Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? Like I need a quarterback. This guy's the second coming of Andrew Luck. So I have to take Trevor Lawrence here when a guy like Justin Jefferson is there. And then you pass on him because you need a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so hard to do like that. So my strategy is to find those cornerstone players that could probably get about at least five to six years out of it. You, you got to be under 28 years old. You got to be young. Um, I don't care how good you are if you're older. And I don't care if you're a running back because I just can't tell. I just can't take you. And honestly, some of these guys now, even some good guys, like you'll find value at running back later in the draft. Guys like Zeke Elliott, he's going to slip a little bit in your draft. 
even, you know, the, this generation's LaShawn McCoy, Alvin Kamara, who's been a running back one his entire career. He's going to slip a little bit farther. So maybe that's where the value is. Like all of a sudden, Alvin Kamara's there in the fourth round. You're like, oh my God, Alvin Kamara's here? Dalvin Cook is here in the fourth round? Well, I knew I was going to wait on running back, but that's just too good a value. And I know I'll find good value at receiver later because there's always good value at receiver later. So depends on the structure of the draft. That's a long-winded answer for how I kind of approach my drafts. No, that's awesome. I love it because um, it's a lot of just really good, smart way of thinking. And I think, you know, sometimes that we can overthink things and then you get yourself into this like sort of just, yeah, just like you, you kind of, paralyze yourself a little bit because you're like oh no i'm supposed to be doing this sort of build or whatever and it's like yeah, it doesn't need to be like panic. that it doesn't need to be so yeah it doesn't need to be just calm down think about it think it's, about the long-term implications and set yourself up you know set yourself up in a position like you said i love some of those things you're talking about like not needing to then reach and panic in rookie drafts because yeah you know you've you know we've all been there where you're sort of like oh no i really need this guy to fall to three or fall to five or whatever and you start freaking out and then you're giving away further assets and stuff like that to kind of climb up and to your point you know i did a couple startups this year and man you're 100% right. I think there's a real, probably from last year and what happened last year especially, but there's definitely been some backlash on some of these more aged running backs that are still got a little bit of tread on the tires and you can get them. Like I did one startup and it was honestly, I blew my mind because I got like, I honestly think I got Zeke Elliott in like the eighth round. I think yeah. he was like in the eighth round and it was like, that's wild to me, but people hate him. They're like, oh no, he's a bum yeah. and like, you know, this, that and the other. And Even I think he's running like, back one. Yeah, I waited and waited and waited, and I grabbed quarterbacks, I grabbed wide receivers, all this sort of stuff, and then I got Zeke Elliott in, like, the eighth round, and I got, like, James Conner in, like, the ninth or tenth round. You know, so, like, my two running backs probably are running back ones or very easily could be running back ones this year, but I've also got a roster construction of Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown as my wide receivers. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's like that kind of stuff that I really love to hear, and it really helps people, I think, you know, because, um, yeah, you get into the startups and you think, you know, I remember with with Superflex, it was like when I first started playing, I was like, oh, no, I need to go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You know, I need to get like five quarterbacks because it's Superflex um, and you can overdo it. But at the same time, then I think there's a backlash and people can be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Even if it's Superflex, I'll get my quarterbacks later. And it's like, that's a hard place oh, to be in. Won't. Like, that's a very, very difficult place to be. And actually, you know, I, I just try different things all the time. That's one of my things. I just try all these different yeah. things. And I've done that before where I kind of waited on quarterback in a super flexi. And honestly, it's not fun. Like I do not recommend it. It's, it's a really stressful place to be in because you're always trying to piece things together and you end up always having to overpay to try and get another quarterback because everyone's like, yeah, they know you don't have any quarterbacks and you're kind of like the guy sitting there like, uh, so, and then you're giving away all the value that you got or thought you got in the startup. Yeah to get a quarterback you might have just you should have just probably taken one in the first place anyway so absolutely you can overvalue them but at the same time you, you don't want to undervalue them in in the format because the format was created to sort of boost the quarterback position ultimately there's still, there any and evan there's still a highest scoring player i mean we talked about in the podcast the other day like you know um whoever was like quarterback like 15 was like the 26 still the 26 overall score in fantasy player like overall so like, yeah, even a quarterback two is still the one of the best fancy assets you can have. You know what I mean? Like they still, yeah. the quarterbacks always score the most points. Like, so you want those guys and they, they give you an opportunity to score two, start two, yep. then you really want one of those guys. No, absolutely. And, and especially like, you know, even the bigger, you know, I've found that the bigger the league size, if it's a 12 or 14 or 16 team league, man, if you have a couple of solid quarterbacks, you are really setting yourself up 
for success because I remember a couple of years ago, I, I started to like sort of get into IDP a little bit just because I was trying different things and trying things, you know, seeing, and and some guys were kind enough to invite me into this league and, but they were all like IDP gurus and writers and podcasters and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm them. I'm way over my depth here, but it's, I'll do things. I think I know fairly well, or at least I kind of know well. And it was like a 16 team super flex tight end premium, you know, start like, 20 people because your IDPs and like 50 man rosters and all this craziness. Right. And so we do this startup and I remember this is the year before sort of Josh Allen broke out, but I really believed him and it was a 16 team league. So I remember my first two picks is Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. And I was like, everyone else is kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, that's a bit weird start. And then like three more rounds later, I get another quarterback. So I had three quarterbacks in a 16 team league because everyone else was fading them and all that sort of stuff. But Point is, like, I've been back to back champ in that league. And a lot of it, I think, is down to like the fact that, yeah, I trade and I do a lot of stuff. But having Kyler Murray and Josh Allen in a 16 team super flex league is an insane advantage that you get over your league mates. And now that's a that's a one off story, but that happens all the time. If you if you're in a 12, 14 or 16 team league and you have two like top 12 quarterbacks that you're rolling out every week, that is a pretty sizable advantage that you're going to have over your league mate who's maybe rolling out Davis Mills and, you know, um, somebody else that they found on the street, you know, or somebody that they've paid for and they're hoping for best case scenario. I was wondering then as well. So a couple other things just for people that are oh, trying to get real in. quick, real quick, Evan, too, before we go on that too, I want I just want to chime in real quick. What's nice about two is when you take two quarterbacks early, right? Supply and demand. Now, like you mentioned before, other teams are like, Oh my God, I, I, I need a quarterback. Like they're all gone. And now they have to reach for the worst quarterback. And now they're taking that quarterback yes. 19. So guess what? That receiver that you liked is still going to be there because this team is going to reach for quarterback and start a quarterback run. And then you're still going to get those receivers. Sorry about that. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And I, that's one of the things that I love about actually a lot of people don't like, but I really like being in the first couple of picks or in the last couple of picks of the draft because you get that sort of turn and you can kind of manipulate the draft a little bit where, like you said, if you go, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, and then all of a sudden like everyone in the middle of the round was thinking, oh man, look, there's still AJ Brown. There's still Debo. There's still this, this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, you take Debo and AJ and they're like, oh, oh, shoot. And then they all start running to get the guys that you weren't even as high on anyways. And then maybe that running back or that tight end falls back to you because everyone panics and you start a, a run, especially if the person right behind you goes in and then four quarterbacks go in a row or something like that. It does have that ripple effect, like you say, um, where people start panicking and they're like, oh, no, I need to get in on this. So it's always better to be start the run than to be the last person into the run. <laughs> it's not fun. Um with so obviously we've talked a little bit about it what are your thoughts because i've seen people that um you know with future picks they're just like like screw those picks you know like they'll throw their whole future picks into like trading back into a startup you know especially if it's in the top five rounds or 10 rounds when you're still getting that creme de la creme of the best of the best players in the nfl um where do you stand on that sort of situation you know i know you said you like to trade back rather than trade up but as far as like utilizing future assets for known commodities in especially earlier parts of a, of a startup, where do you come down on that? Are you anti it or do you think that's a good strategy or, or you just kind of take it case by case? Yeah. If you're in a dynasty league with me and I'm in 20 of them, uh, you know, I usually don't have a lot of draft picks because I trade them away a lot. Um, I take advantage of rookie fever a ton where if I know I can get a proven asset, like a quality player. And sometimes it's just silly, right? Like I can get a running back one a wide receiver one potentially for draft picks. I'm doing it all the time. Like I'm, especially if I'm a contender, like if I'm a rebuild, obviously it's different, but like if I'm a contender, 
I am consistently, which I expect those picks to be back in first or back in seconds. I am consistently trading those picks for proven assets, right? What are your draft picks for to make your team better, to get better players on your roster? So if I can get a guy that's under 28 years old uh, and I can get him for three years on my roster and he's going to be a really good player, then I'm going to give up that first round pick because I feel really good about it. And what people feel to realize is, listen, I understand the whole, you know, you can't get Justin Jefferson. You can't get Jamar Chase. You can't get Jonathan Taylor without having those rookie picks for the most part, because they're impossible to trade for. But you have to remember there's only 12 running back once. There's only 12 wide receiver once. It's a very small group. And especially receivers that, you know, it's the same group pretty much year in and year out for the most part, definitely the top end. People are so thirsty to get that young guy in that, into that, in that draft to have forever. It's like, especially on a contender, if I can get a player that's going to be a high end wide receiver two or a low end wide receiver one, and I, and I'm giving up draft capital for it, I have no problem doing that whatsoever. So I continually like to use my draft capital just to obtain really good assets, right? Or, uh, players I really believe in. Maybe they'll be in a rookie draft at the back end of the first. I had somebody I had a first round grade on who I love. All right, I'll give you my first next year for him. Okay, cool. No problem. Um, or, you know, same thing in the second round. Hey, I'll give you my second now and my second next year because I get this, you know, I love this guy so much. Um, it's just, it, it's something I personally believe that you should use your draft picks wisely. And a lot of times that doesn't mean you're using the draft rookies. It's you're obtaining sustained assets or if you can find like an insulated asset, like a quarterback. Um, I, I love to do that. I love to definitely in a super flex draft, right? If I have an opportunity, like, you know, and I love just, I have so many Justin Herbert shares because I liked him so much and he slipped a little bit in that draft. I was giving up all the draft capital I had to move up to grab him, like whatever it took, you know what I mean? And, I, yeah, I look smart now. I've done it before and it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, I, we'll see. I just moved out to get Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett slid to the six in a draft and I had picked nine and I gave up like two seconds, I think, to just move up to grab Kenny Pickett. We'll see if that works out. So I like to use my draft picks uh, just for my advantage, you know, and mostly it's when I'm contending because obviously if you're rebuilding, you're trying to gain as many draft assets as possible. Um, so I'm trading away all my veterans, but for the most part, I'm a big proponent of trading picks for proven commodities uh, that help that benefit my team. Right. Like I, I love the scour those teams that are in rebuild or struggling. And you know that you see those teams all year that are trying to acquire as many draft picks as possible. What can I scour from their, their roster? Because that's where you find a good value too. Right. When teams are like, you know what? I'm blowing it up. You offer a first round pick for a player and, you know that he's worth slightly more than a first round pick, but this guy doesn't really care that much because he's just trying to get the best deal he can. He wants the most draft capital. So your team benefits, his team benefits. It's a win-win situation because his team just lost his good player. So seems even worse. So he's going to have a better chance because sometimes where it looks like it's a little slight, even sometimes this team just wants to get worse, right? Like they know having this asset on the team and, it's going to make them better. And it's going to be the difference between them having one, one and one, three. And they want that one, one really bad. And you see it all the time. Like that's what it takes to be a proactive owner with your draft picks. Because how many times have you been in a league where you're like, dude, that's all you gave up for Alvin Kamara, a 23 first in 2021. You know what I mean? Like that's all you gave up was that. That's right. And then like, why'd you do that? Like he's the only one that sent me an offer. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to yeah. do? So yeah. it's, 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 I just use that stuff for my advantage. I'm paying attention to my league. I'm trying yeah. to find, pay attention to my league mates, right? Like who loves draft picks? Who doesn't love draft picks, right? Like how do I use that to my advantage? It's just kind of, and that's what they are. They're a commodity. Draft picks are a commodity that you can use to, for your advantage. And that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. And I think that that's a really great conversation that, you know, we've just had because I was thinking, and just as you're talking, I'm thinking back in my head, I'm like, what were some of the biggest like hurdles when I first got into Dynasty? And it was draft picks. It was like the idea that you have this future asset and you're sort of like freaked out by it. You're like, do I hoard it? Like, do I just need to get as many as possible? Do I throw them all at this? And like, what's the right thing in my, cause you, you feel like when you're getting, when you're new into Dynasty or when you're still not confident, maybe you feel like you're being, you know, foolish by getting rid of your future picks you're like oh no i'm being silly this is what dynasty is all about but like you said it's 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 just a commodity it's it's ultimately it's like a currency that you're utilizing and you're sort of saying you know hey you can have my future who knows what for this thing that i know what it is right now and you know i think that's a great way of looking at it, especially if you're in a startup because there are people especially now that the drum beat has already started for this 23 class and it's supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread you know there's going to be people who are like yeah okay we're in the fifth round of a startup um yeah you can you can i'll, I'll move back two whole rounds for your 23 first well yeah that that sounds great to me because in a fifth round of a startup you're still getting a top 50 player in the nfl you know and and you don't know as great as the nfl the 2023 class is even if that player is great, that may be two years before they're great for your roster. And if you're wanting to win now and things like that. So I think that's a really, really, really interesting and really good conversation. And it's a really nice perspective to have where, you know, ultimately don't be overly, pre- don't, don't be stupid with your picks. Like you don't want to give away a 23 first to get back into like the 20th round of a startup draft. Yeah. But you know, if you're talking about, Hey, I have to give up my 23 first, but you're talking about getting back into like draft CD lamb, it's probably worth it. You know, like it's not, it's not a situation where, you know, you don't have to be too precious with those future picks. Um, and, and absolutely. I think it's, 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 we, I jokingly recorded last week and I was talking about rookie fever and I was like, it literally is like right now, everyone's got it. And I've seen some crazy things in my leagues, you know, where people are like getting rid of these like really great players that still have plenty of years left on them just because they really want, you know, Jameson Williams or whoever. And it's, and don't get me wrong. I like Jameson Williams, but at the same time, like, you know, it is just that balance. And it's like, Hey, one of the most fun parts of dynasty is winning. You know, it's nice to win. It's It's nice to actually win the money and have the bragging rights for the year. And, you know, sometimes it's not the sexiest rosters that win. It's the smartest rosters. It's the ones that have the depth. It's the ones that have, you know, that fourth running back at the end, you know, that they can utilize um, instead of just having like, Hey, I got a bunch of really cool rookies on my taxi squad. You know, like that'll look great next year. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, no, I think that was a really, really interesting, interesting points that you made. And I think it's really helpful. So a couple of the other things, then I was just wondering, do you have any sort of a top couple of maybe big mistakes that either you remember making um, when you were getting into dynasty or maybe mistakes that you see people who are newer coming into dynasty making in their startup drafts, some sort of big, you know, just big mistakes that you're like, Hey, try and avoid this. If you can reaching, reaching for players, huge. Just, it's just, and and running back especially, right? Like in these rookie drafts, like you, you'll take James Cook over Chris Olave because you need a running back, right? You'll you'll reach in startups because, you, like you said, you waited elsewhere and you're you're clearly passing up a better opportunity, right? Because and you never know because you might be right, but odds are you're not going to be right. So like 
just reach it, man. Like I'm a firm believer. Just try to take the best player available or at least a player in that same tier, because like I said, at the beginning of the show, you could figure it out later, right? Like, you know, Oh God, man, I have six really good young receivers. I have six really good young receivers and I don't have any running backs, but you know, I should take, I'm going to take James cook over Chris Olave. No, 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 no. Cause what you do is you draft Chris Olave and then you take your third best receiver and then you trade him for a proven running back. And now you're taking the gambling out of it, right? If you take the best player available, you're going to end up with a lot of good players on your team. When you have a lot of good players, it's going to put you in position to trade those players for a proven asset. Now you're taking that rookie, the rookie uh, riskiness out of the picture, right? So like, and it's not like you would even take that player like, oh, I drafted Chris Alave. I'm going to trade Chris Alave. No, no, no. Keep the youth. Keep the upside. If you really truly have six good receivers now, now you don't go. Now you, you're in position to trade your wide receiver two, your wide receiver three for that proven asset, right? Like, cause rookie picks are such a risk. Like even the best guys, the guys that go real high, you know, you go back 10 years ago and you're taking, you know, Beanie Wells, no Sean Moreno and Donald Brown. And then you're taking those guys ahead of the, the fourth running back off the board, LaShawn McCoy. You know what I mean? Like there's no proven way to go about this. When you take Trent Richardson, you're like, yes, this guy's taking third overall. He's for sure going to be good on the Browns. And then you're like, oh, wow, he's terrible. Um, you know, I'm taking Sammy Watkins out of this amazing class that has Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham. Um, I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. He's he's the best bribe receiver prospect I've seen in a while. It doesn't pan out. I'm taking Corey Davis, right? Uh, Corey Davis is taking top five. Great production doesn't pan out like nothing's a for sure thing so by taking the best player available and not reaching it puts you in a position then to just instead of drafted for the risk take the guy that's proven or then take the guy that has upside that you're even more confident about right like oh wow i, I really like um uh I'm, I'm trying to think i can't think of a player here, but like michael pittman jr i keep going back to him right like i love michael pittman jr he's really good everybody likes him but now I have this contender. There's a contender out there that has Michael Pittman Jr. I drafted so well, you could say, hey, I'll give you Stefan Diggs for Michael Pittman plus this, right? And, like, you could afford to lose Stefan Diggs because you continually drafted the best players available. So, yeah, you gave us Stefan Diggs, but you still have A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, uh, Elijah Moore, who's not, you know what I mean? Like you still have those players. So by taking the best player available, your team is going to be full of best players, hopefully. So region's the number one mistake that I think dynasty players make, whether it be in your rookie draft or startup drafts that I had to learn the hard way as well, because especially early on, I was just as thirsty as everybody else for those running backs. And I'm taking guys like Jack quiz Rogers over uh, you know, like all these other, you know, yeah, that draft kind of sucked, but still like Jack quiz Rogers over um, proven assets. So just be very cautious of the reach, stay within tiers and just try to better your team overall. And like I said, it's a, we play dynasty 365 days a year. So you have plenty of time to figure it out later. Right. You have a lot of injuries that come up or a lot of other opportunities that come to make trades later to really solidify that position of need. Yeah, I, I really genuinely 
I'm hoping that everybody listening is really taking some notes here because there is some really, really great insight that that Rich is giving. And it's honestly, from my perspective, it's so true as well because you, you sort of, if you just stack those best players, I think that's one of the, and that's, I'm glad you've said that because as I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm processing it myself, you sort of think a lot of people who are newer to Dynasty, they're coming from a redraft mindset. And that's one of the hardest things to sort of get out of your head is the running back. I think, I think it's just built into you to like, you know, you need to hammer those running backs in the first couple rounds. And it's like, like you said, I've, I've come full circle. I used to be like that and be like, Oh, I need, I need a couple of real studs. And then really I put in perspective for me and went back like a couple of years ago and I looked at a startup that I did and, and I was like, man, in the first like two rounds, I think it was like David Johnson went, Todd Gurley went, um, you know, all these guys that were like top 10, top 15 picks. And now you can't, they're not even on the waiver wire. Some of them aren't even in the league anymore. You know? And yet, and yet guys who are probably going in the fourth or fifth rounds are still studs. You're still running out, you know, Chris Godwin or whoever it was, you know, and it's like, so definitely, I think that's some really great info, insight. And, and that's, and those are, those are mistakes that people are still making. Like I, I literally, again, jokingly just, and I blanked out people's names. I wasn't putting anybody on blast or anything, but I was in a rookie draft and, you know, I'd done some trades and stuff like that. And I was sitting at 105. I drafted in, I traded into 105 because it was a, I was selling somebody, I got a player and a pick back. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind because of the way I'd built the roster. I was like, I wouldn't mind a bit of running back depth, but, you know, really it's just, it's just Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker that I'm really kind of happy with overall as, as a running back, solid running back that I could really hopefully utilize. There's no way he's going to come at 105 and 102 Christian Watson. Okay. That was weird. Maybe. And then 103 one, guy gets the 104 right for me. I'm like, Oh no, he's going to take Kenneth Walker. Isn't he? He takes James cook at 104. Um, and so I'm sitting here 105 and Kenneth Walker just falls in my lap as my RB like four or something like that on this Unreal. team. And it's like, like you said, that's literally what you just talked about. It's reaching because that's your favorite team or reaching because you've heard a hype piece or something like that. And uh, it's, it's, it is, yeah, you're right. It's such a mistake because even if you sit there and in, in, in your startup, you're like, Oh, I need to fill out my roster. I need to have all my starting positions. You don't, you really don't. Like if, if there's a, I just got Chris Goblin in like the seventh or eighth round of a startup the other day. And I was like, I didn't need another receiver. I already had like five receivers, but I was like, dude, Chris Goblin in like the sixth or seventh round. Like this is insane. Gotcha. So I had to take Chris Goblin. And even if that means that, come the season I, I i can afford to like trade a two for one if i have to or something like that you know you just give yourself so many options if you go best player available if you know this is the this best player by far don't take the inferior player just because you want to fill a roster spot that we don't even need to set lineups for three more months four more months so i think that's really great advice that you've given there i really like that and what about then so we've talked a lot of stuff do you have any sort of last like maybe just like I wish I'd known this when I got into Dynasty or when I started doing startups. Like we've talked about things to avoid. We've talked about things we like and different strategies. Is there any sort of like golden rules that you're like, I wish, I wish I had known this when I got into Dynasty or I wish I had done this. You know, we, we talked about not reaching. That could be it. You know, that could be the best advice. But I just sort of was thinking, is there anything that you can think of? You're like, man, I love doing this or I wish I'd known this or, you know, whatever. I, I always try to make sure I get one of those top tier tight ends because. They're, they're difference makers. They're the haves and have nots. You know, when you, when you talk about dynasty, you know, after, after your leagues form after four years, you get some parity, right? You have the top teams, you have the bottom teams. Um, but the top teams, when you get after a couple of years, like there's some really good teams you could build, right? Like really good teams. Like you're like, how'd you build this team? Right? So like, where do you get the edge? Well, I said earlier, there's only like three really good tight end ones, right? Like top tier tight end ones. So like, if you have one of those, then, you have an edge over your league mate, no matter what there. 
Um, so I try to get a good tight end. I try to draft a whole bunch of tight ends, hoping they pan out. You know, um, I do try to fade rookies and start or uh, running backs and startups. That's something I always try to do uh, and just grab value there because again, it's such a fluid position and you can actually draft and plug and play. Cause you literally got like Kenneth Walker and the fifth or one five. And that guy has a potential to be the running back one year one. So that's insane. Um, so those are the big things. And then goes back. I mean, a lot of this, I mean, we pretty much hit on like all my key points and what I think about the startups. And like I said, it's just the more time you put into it, the better off you'll probably be, right? Just the more knowledge that you have, the better off that you'll be because you're prepared and you're less likely to panic and you're less likely to reach because you have this information in front of you or in your head. So you kind of know where you want to go and know when you want to strike and where you want to take that rookie and when you want to trade back because you know what kind of value be there later. So put the time in, find a position that can give you uh, longevity, find those cornerstone pieces early guys that are under 28 that you can plug and play in your lineup because that's where you, you know, the, you make or break your team at the back end, but you could really break it early by missing on those early picks. Cause if you miss on those early picks, picks one, two, and three, that could set your dynasty team back for years. And it's another reason why I don't like taking running backs because they get hurt too much and um, they don't play that long. Like they're only gonna be a running back one at best case. Usually it's twice to be honest with you. Um, it, it's under 10% that somebody's going to be a running back. I think it's under 7%. Somebody's gonna be a running back one more than two times. Like that's insane, right? Um, too much fresh legs. You're not going to resign. So that's, that's my main strategy. I mean, I think we hit a lot, a lot of points of in here on how to approach a dynasty startup draft. And what I, what I consider is the best way to go about drafting that team. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I love it. I think there's been a lot of really, really solid information, a lot of solid, just actionable advice, which I love. I'm all about that because I think sometimes you can get really ethereal with your advice or, you know what I mean? It's easy to just give these like kind of, you know, using these fancy terms and terminologies and things like that. Whereas actually you've just given some really solid nuts and bolts of like, here's how you can build a good roster. Here's how you can go and tackle a startup. I mean, basically absolutely killed it. I love it. I hope everybody's enjoying this episode because I know I sure am great points that I wish I had known when I first started doing a couple of startups because I would have avoided a lot of mistakes. I mean, definitely. And one last thing for me, just check your league scoring. Like you, like, you know, Rich has kind of mentioned it in passing. Um, I honestly surprises. It amazes me almost every startup I've ever been in. Somehow we get into the teens and some, some, somebody just randomly says, wait, this is a super flex or something <laughs> like that. You know? And you're like, are you serious, dude? Like yeah. you joined this startup, you paid the fees and you don't even know it's a tight end premium or you don't even know it's PPR. You don't even, you know, and it's just, it is funny, but it, things like that can give you a big edge. If you know the, you know, the scoring, you know, like what is the situation here? What's going to give me an edge. Um, and I love that point about tight ends because I think because tight ends can be really frustrating. A lot of people fade them or a lot of people are just like, Forget tight ends. I don't care. I'll just take the last one. Give me that. But I love that. I'm all about that. I mean, most of my rosters that I really love either have, you know, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, 
you know, George Kittle, somebody that I'm like, this guy can really be a difference maker for me. Um, so absolutely love that as well. Rich, I believe you've said it all. You've done it all in the words of the great Dan Hansis. You've been a fantastic guest. Uh, I would expect nothing less. Again, guys, if you don't already follow him, I can't imagine why you would not. Make sure and follow him on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Check out the Dynasty Nerds weekly podcast if you don't already. It is OG. It is legit. It's awesome. Garrett's been on the show before. Rich has been on the show. These guys know this, know their stuff. They've got so much knowledge. Um, but yeah, guys, check them out. Is there anything else you want to shout out or anything else you wanted to say before we go, Rich? Yeah, I mean, just check out dinosaurs.com. You know, that's that's it. I mean, Evan's content's there, uh, all our content's there. And we have so many tools for the price of a cup of coffee to help you navigate these leagues. Definitely if you're starting off, I know the Dynasty GM is built for when you have multiple leagues, but like we have all the tools to help guide you to success, to help you make better decisions. So yeah, check us out, dinosaurs.com. Amazing. All right, guys, thanks very much for listening, and we will speak to you again soon. Well, there you have it, folks. I sincerely hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I love talking startups, love talking with Rich. It was an absolute treat. Make sure, if you don't mind, take 30 to 45 seconds out of your super busy lives and drop a rating and a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. It really, really, really helps. And make sure and use these tools, Dynasty Nerds tools, um, the, the hints and tips that Rich has given you there. If you're getting into any startups, if you have any questions, you know where to reach me or reach the show. Guys, get out there and get some trades done, get some startups underway, and let us know about your adventures in Dynasty land. I drive zero RB in Dynasty, pass up a young receiver, nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven, not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me, what you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank, those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great, it's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.